welcome to another episode of Tampa Bay Politics. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, affectionately known during the week as the Medicare lady. <laughs> but I am so happy because one of our councilmen has decided to visit us today. It's Mr. Louis Vieira. Hello, Louis. How are you doing, Angela? It's such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for coming. I'm smiling under this mask. By I the know, way, so. I can tell. <laughs> now, you know what? Whenever I see someone in the hot seat over there, I always start at the beginning. Yes. Where were you born? Sure. Well, I am originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico. That's wow. where I was born. Uh, my, my family is um, originally from Cuba, and um, we originally, my mother's side came to Tampa and the United States in the early 1930s. My great-grandfather, a man by the name of Juan Silverio, um, exiled from Cuba when Batista first took over. He was an officer in the Cuban army. And um, and when that regime took over, he um, left to Tampa and practiced medicine here in Tampa at the Centro Asturiano Hospital. And they lived here for about 12 years in the Tampa Heights area. And um, and then they came back to Cuba, that side, and then they would leave in 1960 when Castro took over and oh, come to okay. – that side would come to Miami. My father's side would come to Tampa in 1960 uh, near where Academy Prep is in, in near Ybor City. Yes. Uh, they lived yeah, right next to the uh, Brick Episcopalian Church, and uh, then they – both sides would move to Puerto Rico like many Cubans did, and then my parents met there, and then after we uh, – I maybe turned, gosh, like maybe nine months, we would move back to Tampa, um, and then I would grow up in, in the Temple Terrace area. So you don't really have any – uh, memories of, of Puerto Rico as none, a child? No, none, none, none. Okay. Uh, my, my, my mother does, and you know, my older brother Tony certainly does, because he was maybe four or five when, when they left. But uh, And I still have family there. My uncle, uh, Eduardo um, uh, Suarez, is a professor in philosophy at the University of Puerto Rico and still lives there and whatnot. Okay. So we do have some family there. That's Still. wonderful. My family immigrated from the Caribbean into New York. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I know I know what it's like to yep. have those uh, Caribbean yep. roots. Now, where did you actually go to school? That's a great question. So I, I started off at River Hills Elementary in uh, Temple Terrace, which is, you know, that's classic Temple Terrace. Okay. Then I would go to Florida College Academy. Uh, which is is I, I would go to Protestant schools after that Florida College Academy and Temple Heights, which were Protestant schools, and I always joke that I know my Bible very well because I went to Christian schools, which okay. is you know so it's uh, it's I mean I'm I'm Catholic and, and everything, but I don't go to church all the time. But um, my son spent some time at Jesuit. There you go. It was good a, for him. A, a, oh yeah, great school. Probably the <laughs> one of the best in Tampa, if not the best. But um, so I would go there, and then after that, I would go to the University of South Florida to USF. Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. And what'd you study? I was a history major. I've always loved United States history, and in fact, I was telling my son, who's thirteen, I was telling him that you know when you're in school and you have a big topic that you like a lot, right? It's so cool if that topic can be in school because it really helps you with your grades. Like for me. Uh, you know, U.S. history transcended onward to politics, yes. which transcended to sociology and economics and different. There, there, there's so many things that it touches. So my my personal interest in that um, uh, really helped me a lot at USF. And, you know, with all the things that are going on in politics now, there's a lot of <laughs> historical references. Oh, yeah. That come sure. up. 
Oh, yeah. And you, yeah. Uh, for the first time, we actually got to see the Electoral, electoral College yep. work oh, yeah, on sure. TV. Yep, which is neat. Yep. We, and, um, and even... Even one, well, I forgot which state it was. I think it was Pennsylvania. They had a box from Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, probably Pennsylvania. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so That's they keep cool. all those uh, historical treasures yep. and they yep. still use them today. So it's really amazing. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. So after you left college, what did you do? Well, I graduated USF in the year 2000. And then after that, I immediately went to law school. And um, I would go to Stetson College of Law. I began in, oh, what was that? August of 2000, and then I would graduate three years later, and okay. I have two brothers. One is an attorney, Tony, who practices in disability uh, okay. in Clearwater, and then I have another brother, Juan, who's developmentally disabled and lives in Brandon and Temple Terrace half the week with my mom, half the week in Brandon in his group home. Okay. And so I kind of follow, I joke that I followed my brother to law school, which right. is kind of funny. And, uh, and I've happens always- happens a lot. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I've always worked in the area of general civil litigation, so so I was a you know, full-time attorney for about 13 years, from 03 to 16, and uh, I was very active in that the bar. That was private practice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've okay. never been in the public okay. sector. Never okay. have been. And so I always worked in the private practice. And, um, and in fact, that's where we met, which is funny. At a, I believe it was a Hillsborough Association for Women Lawyers event, or it may have been JIBA or JIBA and the Hispanic Bar. Or yes. It was it one was, of those. Yes. Three. It was like the Hispanic Bar was there and JIBA was there. It was like this... Uh, 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 it was more than one bar that came together. Yes. Yeah, we always do that. Yes, it was a great fun party. Yes, and, I and got... yeah, and we always do that. And you know, I was very active. I would always, and and I'm still active and supportive because I I believe in the wonderful work of our bar associations. They're so historic. I mean, the Hispanic Bar is relatively newer, and it was formed. You know, we always stand in the shoes of people, great people like Steve Barbas or Judge E.J. Salcinas okay. or, or uh, Francisco Rodriguez, so many different attorneys. Um, and of course, George Edgecombe Bar Association has been around for a while, started up by— And that's our you black know, bar yes, in our, Tampa. Uh, yep, yes. historically African-American bar. And um, so many great attorneys like Delano Stewart, uh, Senator Athena Joyner, uh, just so many, um, uh, Warren Dawson, so yes. many attorneys who are giants in the legal community who helped start, found, or bring up that bar association. Yes. And we were talking about my dear friend, Fentress Driscoll, uh, our state representative, who's a former president of JIBA, yes. of course. And, and I was, when I got elected, I was incoming president of the Tampa Hispanic Bar but okay. I never, but I never took over because I got elected, and they were like, oh. "Mi hermano, tú no tienes tiempo. You don't have time." You know what I mean? <laughs> Choose. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, mm -hmm. wonderful. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get to have that privilege because oh, yeah. those bar associations do awesome work. Sure, a lot of them uh, give away scholarships. Yes, yes, they do. Yep. So they do try to bring up the oh, yeah. new up and coming uh, group. Yep, very much so. Yeah, and and they do great work. It's. I always encourage people to be involved in different bar associations. I was also the um, head of the diversity committee for the Hillsborough County Bar Association. Um, that was probably back in 09 or so. I took over for a couple of attorneys, including Cindy Oster, who's now a judge wow. um, in Hillsborough County. And uh, under our under our time, we did a lot of different things. We started helped start up a section for veterans in the bar association. And we also helped start up a gay and lesbian uh, bar association as well in, okay. in the Tampa area. So a lot of good things for diversity for veterans and for LGBTQ folks as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what made you decide to run for office? Here's the <laughs> giant a, question. That's right? a great question. Well, you know, I've, 
I've always been interested in history. I've always been a big history guy. I've always loved politics. I always followed it. And, you know, I've always been involved in politics. When I was at USF, I was um, vice president of the College Democrats. Uh, when okay. I was at USF, I've always been involved. And, you know, I helped out a lot in the D.C. and, d- and different things that like that. That would be the Democratic uh, yep. Executive Committee, Ex- thank which you. meets the third Monday. That's yep. your Democratic Party for Hillsborough County. And, and I used to... Um, be the head of public relations for them for a lot for a little bit under Mike Suarez when he was the chair of the Democratic Party and I didn't even know that. Oh, he was. This is ancient history. This is going back to 07. Oh, yeah, cuz now he's a well he was a city a, council. a city councilman. Yes. Yep. And he ran for mayor. Yep, yep, Mike ran okay. for mayor. Yep. Okay. And um so, you know, it, the opportunity came up when Lisa Monteleone um who was my uh, city councilwoman was going to run for state representative. So that opened up the seat. And so also Lisa Monteleone sat on the city council. She yes. Did. For about five years. Okay. She okay, did. And then okay. she left to run against Representative Sean Harrison. Yes. And um and then what happened was we had a special election. And Angela, I mean, th- that election was just out of control. There were six people in that race. It was during a presidential election. And um, you had Trump and Hillary on the top of the ballot. Okay. Then Marco Rubio, you know, then Andrew Warren, Pat Kemp, and everybody. Then at the very bottom of the uh, ballot, you had us. And I was the very last name on that ballot, which is really funny. So um, I made it to the runoff against six people. And me and a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jim Davison, who's a an emergency physician here in Tampa. And Orlando Goods was oh, in that yeah, race, wasn't yeah. he? Okay. Orlando okay. and I ran against one another. Okay. And uh, in 16, which is why we've always been friends. And, you know, Orlando packed the punch in that race. I mean, Orlando is a hard worker. And every time that we were speaking in an event, I'd be like, man, that guy's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Orlando just did a great job in that race and worked his heart out. And he uh, he came in fourth. But when you have six people, right? The margin and there was an African American woman, Avis Harrison, who's that a very, was thrown in there. Yeah. Well, Avis, you know, and Avis is it's it's so funny. We we were on opposite sides in that race. Avis. So and she I, ran as a Republican, independent, independent. Yep. Okay. A, she okay. was an independent, and right. you know, Avis ran. Avis's story. Avis is actually, and I have become very dear friends. Okay. She's a nice lady. She has a heart of gold. Uh, she got in Avis's story. She had a husband. Uh, with whom she was married for 20 years, John, and uh, he died of cancer like a year before. And she's public about this. And uh, she ran for city council because it was always his dream for her that she'd run for office. Yeah, so she ran. And Avis, too, she, I mean, Avis packed a punch in that race. Okay. Yeah, Avis, for me, like, we we probably go out for coffee every few months and we text, and she's a good friend of mine. Is she an attorney? No, she's not. No, no, Avis is a teacher. Oh, she's a teacher. Yep, okay. Avis is the okay. teacher, but she okay. Avis packed a wall up in that race. Okay. When she left that race, she had a lot to be proud of, and she still does. Okay. Okay. I got her appointed to the um, mayor's advisory board on police reform recently. Oh. Yes, because Avis talked a lot about that on the campaign trail in okay. 16. She did. She talked about experiences that her son had. Her son is a um, a veteran who's had challenges with PTD, a young African-American man. And she's talked about some of those challenges, and I thought she brought a lot to the table. So, you know, Avis has always been a friend, but that was a tough race. I I, I got 22% in the first round, okay. right? 
and enough uh, to get you to the runoff. The runoff. And Dr. Davison, who you know, this guy is he he packs a punch. This guy is a good candidate. We disagree a lot on the issues, right? Now he is a Republican. Rep- oh yeah, he's a strong Republican. Oh yeah, he's okay. very very Republican. Okay. And you know, Jim, Jim's a good guy. I have a soft spot for Jim. I always have. I always will. But we disagree a lot on the issues, right? Okay. But Jim was a great candidate. Everybody knew him in New Tampa, and it was very difficult. He got 30 or 29% the first round, and then we have the runoff um, afterwards, and I wound up beating Jim by 65 votes. Wow. It was a real come-from-behind victory. Under 100 votes. Okay, you cannot say your vote does not matter. (laughs) Very true. And, And, you know, it's funny because they did a poll— like 20 days before the race, and I was seven points down. Really? Yeah, and then a big thing that changed the race was that in our first debate, Dr. Davison talked about um, using leverage of New Tampa seceding from the city. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and I rejected that. I, I just, I respectfully disagreed. I thought that's not something that, you know, should be brought up in conversation. I just, it, it brings up so many inequities and it's just a non-starter. Yes. So we disagreed on that in terms of using that as leverage. And, um, and, and in my opinion, that led a lot of people to get involved. Mayor Buckhorn got involved after that. And, mm. uh, but a lot, a lot of things helped me. A lot of good supporters, a lot of good people. Okay. Well, believe it or not, we're up against our first break. <laughs> if people want to get hold of you, how do they do that? That's a great question. You can always call my office. It's at, and you know what? Let me look up our number. I have it saved on my phone. <laughs> okay. But email me. I know it's 274, but you can also email me at L-U-I-S dot V-I-E-R-A at TampaGov.net. That's okay. the best way. And I'm always meeting people. I've done over 40 community meetings since we got elected. I just did one on Friday in person with people outside of Forest Hills. And we've got another one set up in December, another one set up in January. So we're, we always do meetings because that's what it's about. Okay. Well, we are going to, when we come back, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about your district. Yes, ma'am. And, yep. uh, Cause um, you, you told us a little bit about it, but we yep. want to know the boundaries. Let's do it. All right. Your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this! You will rock this! To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. The whole experience was fine. If there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms out there, it's to stay calm and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. 
some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. It comes to reality radio. Everyone is a star. Shining star for you to see what your life can truly be. On your smooth soul and R&B station. On the World Wide Web. In Touch Radio. We are back, and um, I'm Angela Birdsong, your host for Tampa Bay Politics. And in the for studio, sure. we have with us our city councilman, Louis Vieira. Hi, Louis, again. <laughs> Good to see you again. <laughs> okay, so please tell us where your district runs from. Yes, madam. Um, I, I represent District 7, um, which is the general north and new Tampa area. That includes the communities of New Tampa, which includes... Uh, Heritage Isles, Cory Lake Isles, West Meadows, um, uh, Tampa Palms, Hunter's Green, uh, Richmond, and, and a couple of other uh, communities in there. And that also is the other side, which is North Tampa, which includes the communities of uh, uh, Terrace Park off of uh, Bush Boulevard. It includes Forest Hills. That includes the Forest Hills Neighborhood Association. That includes historic Forest Hills as well. That includes Copeland Park off of Fowler, many of the communities off of Fowler, the university um, area, parts of University Square that are in there as well. There's a lot of parts of the district that, you know, you, th- you throw a rock and you're out of the district. Like, for example, the University Mall is not part of my district, even oh, though it's I part see. of Hillsborough County. And I also represent a little bit of Sulphur Springs as well, um, and then some communities off of uh, Nebraska and Florida as well. Um, and then near Sulphur Springs, Councilman Goods and I um, share boundaries as well in Bush Boulevard and Sulphur Springs. So, um, yeah, so my, you know, my district is very diverse. Yes. It's very diverse culturally. It's very diverse economically. It has a lot of different challenges. You know, one of the things I really like about my district is that we're very religiously diverse. Okay. I think we're probably the most religiously diverse district uh, in Tampa. If you take a look at New Tampa, we have many um, Muslims, we yes, have many Hindus, a lot of East Indians. Yep, we mm-hmm. have many Buddhists, we have many immigrants, we have a lot of refugees. Mm-hmm. That's an issue that I'm very, very big on, which is refugees. And it's not because of my district, it's because of my heart, you know okay. what I mean? But it just happens to correlate in that way, um, that we have a lot of refugees from places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, uh, Venezuela, Cuba. My family, were Cuban refugees. Okay. Yeah, so we have a lot of refugees in the district. We have a lot of refugees in the city of Tampa. Uh, but that's my district. It's a, it's a very, very diverse district, and, um, and it's just a you know, pleasure to roll my sleeves up and hit hard for them all the time. And boy, is new Tampa changing every day. Oh, yes, it is. You got a Sprouts now. Yes, it is. You know, new Tampa continues to change in so many ways. When I was younger, new Tampa was known as more politically conservative. And then just recently, I mean, we gave a majority of our votes to our state representative, Fentress Driscoll, who's a progressive Democrat uh, over the incumbent uh, uh, former state representative and and our our former city councilman, Sean Harrison, who also lives in Hunter's Green. So, you know, um, new Tampa continues to change. The district continues to change. But there's so many different challenges in District 7. Um, challenges involving long-time neglect in the university area. Yes. Great poverty in that area. That you but have... I see a lot of changes coming from that area, Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, big time. You know, okay. one of the things we're working on is trying to get 
some sort of an innovation district for the USF area where we can have a rising tide that will lift all boats. Now, what do you mean by innovation? And, and you know, it's funny because that's a term, but what the meaning of is 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 going to be determined, which is, is it going to be some sort of a TIF or a CRA? That is, are we going to have something where we're going to capture all of the revenue increase after a certain date to be used for that certain area, that's something that I support, which is to, you know, create that kind of a mechanism for the USF area. That's something that we're in discussions with right now. But when you take a look at all the different things that we're doing, including looking at that all for transportation money, if it ever comes in, but it will come in one one way or another that's coming okay, in. Okay, just so the audience knows, we went to the ballot. Yep. Mm-hmm. We won money for transportation, yep, and what happened? Uh, a lawsuit happened on that, and right now it's in litigation in the Florida Supreme Court, and um, and we have about half a billion dollars that has in, that has added up because yep. they're taking the money. Amen. They're taxing us. They're taxing yeah. us. Yeah, it's it's but it's, we can't use it. Yep, it's taxation without utilization. Wow. You know what I'm saying? To to paraphrase our founding fathers. So, um, but there's a lot of different things happening right now in the university area that you take a look at. Um, one of the big things that I'm championing right now for the North Tampa area, the university area, is uh, fire safety and fire stations. Okay, they have. One fire station out there that largely serves the area, Fire Station 13, with some help from Fire Station 11. Fire Station 13 is the busiest station in the city of Tampa. Oh, it is. And it's one of the 50 or 60 busiest in the United States of America. Really? Oh, yeah. And if you look at the number of calls between 13 and 11, which is always number two, by the way, um, it's like a 30% difference. In other words, it's not even close. The men and women out there are tired, and just as importantly, the constituents that they serve for crises involving medical challenges or fires are also tired as well because they're not getting the best you know, fire uh, uh, response that they should, obviously, because these men and women are so damn tired. So um, one of the things I challenge the administration to work with us, and I know they are, on bringing a plan of action for immediate help for now, fire station Now, you say administration, Castor. Okay, so you're yep. talking about yeah, the not mayor. Trump. I ain't dealing with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's or above, not Tallahassee. No, that's above my pay grade. Okay, um, but working with the Acasta administration that I work with a lot, and they're they're always very collaborative, and um, seeing to it two things. By the mid of January, we're going to have a city council meeting where we're going to present a plan, a joint plan, to give help right now through either a new engine or I don't care what it is to put help in the pockets of the people for Station 13 right now. Okay. That's got to happen. What about a new station? Is that possible? And that's that comes in March. So okay. to give you history, you know, we fought for a new emergency truck there about a year ago. We got it. And I was thinking to myself, this will be a good Band-Aid until we get a new station. And this year's budget, I got money for design for a new station. I went, I patted myself on the back. Then I, then I, I always go and visit our fire stations. And I okay. talk to the men and women at 13 and they tell me, that's good, but that's a drop in the water of a desert. So okay. that's why we're doing this. Then in March, the administration is going to come back with a plan of action for new fire stations in New Tampa. Four out of the six stations with the longest response times in the city of Tampa are in New Tampa because there's so many people. I know. They put so many are, rooftops up. Amen. There's, there's, that, that place is just growing. So with more people, you need more stations right. out there. More and I'm sure safety. you need schools too. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And, and I know and we'll be working with Jessica Vaughn, or a new school board member on that as well, I'm sure. But um, so they got a plan of action for New Tampa, another station in North Tampa, and Channelside. 
<laughs> that's another area where you've got all these folks moving in there, mm. a lot of development, but where's the fire station? This is a big issue because yes, when is. you need a paramedic, you need a paramedic. Amen. Amen. Within minutes. Yep. And guess what? You you work hard in the city of Tampa, you own a business, you have a house, you pay your taxes, you want to get the benefit of city that's services. Right. And 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 for me, the number one priority of local government is public safety. That's yes. such an important issue. Um, and then when you make that call to 911 and you want a firefighter there, an EMS there, you ought to make sure that you get it no matter where you live. Right. Because remember, in North Tampa, a lot of these communities that are served by 13 are lower income communities. Talking about I'm the just university ask you, area. What about the university area. Yep. Sulphur Springs, University Area, Copeland Park, Bush Boulevard. These are working family communities that are right. served by 11 and by 13. And um, and they're being left behind, and we got to make sure to have their back. Yes. So for me, this is an issue not only of public safety, but of equity and social justice, as far as I'm concerned. So you know, when I believe in something, Angela, I go to bat like a wrecking ball for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a true believer on this stuff. I joke with people. I didn't get into politics for for pay because I'm taking a pay cut, right? I'm doing this thing because I want to fight for the issues I care about, whether it's public safety, uh, whether it's the state certified apprenticeship uh, th- that I'm doing, whether it's the lynching memorial, whatever it is. I, c- I come out of all different fields and stuff because I'm passionate about stuff. Right. And if somebody disagrees with me, I'll be a gentleman about it, right? I'll be collaborative. I'll work. But you can't stop passion and you can't stop sincerity. That's what I always tell people. Now, you are you the president of the board of, of the council? city council? I used to be, but you no. Used so to be okay. I got elected in March of nineteen, and then a year later or so, I nominated my friend and colleague uh, Guido Maniscalco to be chair. Okay. And Guido now is chair. So okay. you know, kind of the way that I saw it was Angela. A lot of people, and and and, and this happens in a lot of different boards. They become chair and they want to keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Okay. And I go, let's give somebody else a chance. Okay. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll come back. Move it back. around. Move it yeah. around. Maybe Spread I'll come love. back one day. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't really care. Right. You know, I, I think I did a good job. I, I had fun most of the time at it. But I know that that Councilman Maniscalco would be a, a fine chair. I know he expressed a desire for that. Okay. And hey, we're, we're, we, we got to be colleagues. Let's go over who your colleagues yes, are. Yes, Certainly. So you, we have in the city of Tampa, and that's a great question, we have um, four individuals who represent districts okay. exclusively. Now, all seven of us represent everybody, as far as I'm concerned. Your I vote is equal. Wait. It, it, yes, exactly. Yes. And, you know, I'm not going to vote against East Tampa or, or, or West Tampa or whatever uh, in uh, uh, because of my district. I always weigh everything equally, and I know we all do that. But so we have myself. Then you have Councilman Maniscalco, uh, who represents a lot, a little bit of South Tampa, and then some of those West Tampa communities. Okay. Then you have Councilman Orlando Goods, who I ran against in sixteen, um, who who is you know I call him the wrecking ball because he he brings it on for his district, and he represents a lot of downtown Tampa Heights, a little bit of Seminole Heights, and then East Tampa. Okay. And then you've got Bill Carlson, who was elected in nineteen who represents South Tampa. So Bill is the the, the uh, city councilman for South Tampa. Then there are three individuals who represent and are voted upon by all of the city of Tampa. Okay. Right? So that they're is, citywide. Yes, madam. So okay. you have Councilman Joe Citro, okay. um, who ran in 19 and was elected. And um, Joe- That was re- his second try and he got in. Something like yes, that. Yep. Yes. And Joe had tried a few times and, yeah. and he got in this time and Joe worked really hard for that, I know. 
Um, then you have uh, Councilman John Dinkfelder who came back. John served from, I think it was 95 to 03, if memory serves me okay. right. Okay, he did eight years, right? Yeah, he did eight years, okay. about seven or eight years before. And he came back and he he lives in Seminole Heights. Okay. And he represents, again, all of the city of Tampa. Okay. And John is a very hard worker as well. And then you've got our um, uh, uh, what the the Cal Ripken of City Council, um, Charlie Miranda. He, he never meet, he never misses a meeting. Yeah, and he's always. I mean, <laughs> Charlie Miranda started at City Council. He's represented Council um, off and on since '74, four years before I was born. Wow, I've seen four city parks years before you were born. I saw. I I think it is. I forgot what park it was, but I was at a park that had. That it was founded in 77, and it had Charlie listed as the vice chair of city council. I'm like, dude, I was in my mother's womb, <laughs> and this guy's the vice chair of city council. What's up with he's that? He's still there. Oh, yeah. So Char- what, Charlie's no, a hard he's, worker. He's citywide? Yes, ma'am. Yep. Okay, he, he, okay. he jumps back and forth between Guido's seat I see. and then citywide. I see. So he always does that a lot, and, and that's Charlie. So, um, But that's us. And then, of course, we have Mayor Castor, who was in, in, in 19, and then five of us will be up again in 23 for re-election. Five of yep. you. And then Guido is termed out of his district. He can run citywide if he wants. Okay. And then Charlie's termed out of his district, and he can run in Guido's seat if he, if he wants. And, okay. and what's going to happen beats me. Beats you. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So we got another break. There you go. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back. Too much fun. You know what time it is. Grab some lunch and let's talk business with Cheryl Cuso every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. This is how it should be done. Listen in on In Touch Radio. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome to Calvin's Barbershop. You all gotta see this. I don't even want to know what you're looking at on that phone. Well, you should. I was learning about the dangers of high blood pressure and that we need to get ours checked regularly. High blood pressure can increase the risk of heart attack or stroke, but this text program can help keep it at a healthy range. Just text Barbershop to 97779 to sign I'll get right on it as soon as I'm done with this baby panda video. <laughs> Text Barbershop to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. It's a beautiful day. This is Daryl Johnson. And Tampa Bay Tammy. Wishing all our listeners all over the world. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to From In Touch News and Radio. Wow, I'm back again with my friend and yours, your city councilman, Louis Vieira. I'm Angela Birdsong. You're listening to Tampa Bay Politics. Got a new sign now. You can read it. (laughs) 
we're moving up in the world. Okay, now we got some important topics that I know some listeners mm-hmm. out there want to talk about, and one of them is affordable housing mm-hmm. in the city of Tampa. If you have some, um, uh, if you have a comment on affordable housing or anything that. Uh, you're, you want to talk to your yeah, city councilman sure. about, you can call in at 813-444-9588. It's on the screen. Okay, so this is the topic on the table right yep. now, affordable housing. What do you have to tell us? Well, you know, affordable housing is one of those issues that that's there with other issues like transportation, economic development, vocational training, um, uh, transportation, et cetera, where uh, people in the city of Tampa are demanding change. You know, when I look at the things that we heard in 2019 and 18 on the campaign trail and affordable housing, and then a lot of the things that we've heard in the last nine months during COVID and following George Floyd, I see a lot of them put together, which mm-hmm. is that people want a responsive government, a yes. government that is active there for the things that people cannot secure on their own, but should have otherwise. Yes. Things like affordable housing, things like good training, things like transportation that gets them to point A to point B. And and and, and health care. And health care. And, and things like that are so important. And I tell people, these are things that people need to do their basic duties in life. You need affordable housing so that you can raise your kids, so you can raise your family. You need access to transportation so that you can get to work and work your behind off so that you can provide for your family. These are things that are basic necessities. So, you know, on affordable housing with the administration, I, I take a look at the coalition that we've had with Hillsborough County and now through further assistance with CARES Act, there's so many different things, whether it's, you know, creating a land trust for additional funds and, and areas for affordable housing, continuing to put an emphasis on affordable housing and in, in, in land use. And, and, you know, we're having more and more developers who come to us with land use projects and saying, this is for workforce housing. This is for affordable housing. You know, under Mayor Castor, that's been one of her biggest um, uh, uh, priorities has been affordable housing and workforce housing. The idea that it recognizes a crisis that we now, have. Now, let in this me city. ask you because this is a question I was always asked: What do you consider as affordable? That's a very good question. Something that a teacher, that a nurse, an LPN can afford. Something that somebody who works full time, right? That they can afford, whether or somebody that works full time at Burger King or McDonald's or whatever it may be. It all depends on the different person, right? When you're talking about affordable housing in terms of home ownership, you got to make sure that you have folks who can afford to pay the mortgage. A mortgage is a big deal. It, it sucks. Know. It really does, yeah. right? Uh, but you know what? A lot of people feel that um, rental prices of a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred. And it's affordable. It's getting unaffordable. And it is. And it's funny you say that because, you know, one of the things I've been working on a great deal is with a community off of 113th Street in North Tampa called Timber Falls. I read about them in the paper and they're in my district. And it's one of those things. I'm an honest person, by the way, uh, that when I read about it, I went, how in the hell have I not been out there to ring the bell of the injustices that these people are dealing with? You're dealing with a community where people are, are were threatened with eviction, it would appear, mm-hmm. or so it was alleged during COVID-19, oh my uh, where people are being charged a lot and where people are dealing with, you know, leaky roofs, rats, rodents, bad toilets, etc. allegations of mold. These are all allegations that have been made. And so I went out there and I met with folks in the community at Timber Falls. I've been out there three or four times. I had a community meeting that a lot of people were at for apartment dwellers at uh, Crossover Church on Fowler in North Tampa. And I've also met, I think it is twice, with the owners of the apartments at Timber Falls and with the help of the city of Tampa and with grants that we're trying to help them secure from state of Florida 
we are seeing changes. Every time I go back out there, right, you see additional changes in there. So with the city of Tampa, it requires not only monetary funds, it requires not only partnerships with the county and with the state, it also requires individuals going out there and shining a spotlight in some of these communities where people are left behind, don't have a voice, and to give them a voice. That's why we need people like you to shine the light on darkness. Amen. Now, do you have any projects coming up with affordable housing? Oh, yeah, sure. Without a doubt. I mean, we're working right now with One Tampa on a land trust so that we can make sure that we have, you know, areas of Tampa that are um, uh, set aside for, again, workforce housing. The idea that if you work full time, right, that you're going to be able to afford housing. I know that uh, Hillsborough County set aside, what was it, eight? million dollars i believe it was in an affordable it might have been 10 yeah 10 10 million dollars in affordable housing grant and the city of tampa is working on the same thing in terms of uh, uh an affordable housing uh grant i know that off the river in um uh near the ulalis you know we're doing a lot in terms of uh opening up additional affordable workforce housing places and just making sure that that's part of the dialogue and everything but for me Affordable housing is part of that economic bread and butter type issues that are connected to transportation, that are connected to training, where, again, the government has got to do what it can do to make sure that people have access to the basic necessities of life. And that includes local government. I mean, you take a look at transportation. One of the things that I'm very passionate about and have always been is mass transit and making sure that we have a mass transit connector between the University of South Florida and downtown. It used to be that we would always talk about whether it's rail, whether it's a a bus rapid transit, BRT, some sort of a connection between West Shore and downtown. But I've always taken the position that we need to connect USF with downtown as well. Okay. That's so that's so critical because with when you implement mass transit, you have corresponding economic development in the areas that help areas economically develop. And what area needs that more than the USF area? Now, Pat Kemp is big on the CSX oh, railway yeah, big supporter, lines sure. that are already there. Yes. And usually the trains only go through one, one time yep. a day. Yep. So are you... Oh, yeah, without uh, a doubt. I'd, do I'd love to see that. You know, I... A lot of people look at bus rapid transit and using part of 275 in order to have, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, bus rapid transit BRT on there uh, versus versus CSX. I go, listen, whatever we can get first. I strongly support Commissioner Kemp in that position. I think that's a great thing and I strongly support it. But we got to get revenue on that. So if the Supreme Court knocks out all for transportation. Right. Which was going to give us about three hundred, three hundred and ten million dollars. Where a does year. that money go? We don't know. You know, it could go. I, I've heard. And this is, by the way, just stuff that I've heard. It could go to the legislature or it could go to a fund for people to claim <laughs> for people to claim for the taxes that they've paid. So there's a lot of different directions that it could go. Oh my! That'll gosh. be up to our uh, friends in the Supreme Court. You know what I mean? And it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um but now, what what was uh, uh, I know that Commissioner Kevin White, who sits on Stacy White, Stacy White, yep, I'm yep. sorry, Stacy White, um, brought this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And what was his standing? What is he saying? What was his beef? You know, I I believe it was with the um, Citizens Committee. It was which the trial court knocked out. Um, and there's a bunch of. I mean, I'm not going to get into the All right, you know legalities, legalities of it okay. and whatnot. All right. But ultimately, this is this is this is my view is. And and I'll stand by this any day, is that if the Supreme Court knocks this out, yes. right, if the Supreme Court knocks this out. Which it could, because it's all Republicans, basically. Oh yeah. and, and, and the writing's kind of on the wall, but maybe not. Who knows, right? Okay. In 2022, we're going to come back like a wrecking ball, right, for another penny sales tax if it okay. comes. Okay. And make sure, yeah, no, I'll support it. Listen, 
I was a strong supporter at the county commission for a replacement tax. I went and I spoke for the idea that in 2020, we ought to have a replacement tax in case of this goes down. Okay. It, it failed on the county commission four to three, but I was there in person and then over the phone when it, when things uh, got crazy with COVID, um, making sure that we did that because I'm such a strong supporter, which is people want better transportation. People are want to pay for it. Let's let them do it. Let's let the people decide, right, in order to yes. do that. Yes. I mean, the people want just some basic necessities. Yep, they and they want to pay for it. I know. They got to have a roof over their head and they got to have a, um, a way to get to work. Yep, amen. And you know what? There's just too many people in the city right now that you shouldn't have a viable means of public transportation to get to work. Amen. I mean, yep. if you come outside and your car is broken, you're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, thank goodness for Uber, but how long can you Uber? Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm 100% supportive of that idea, which is that if um, somehow the court overturns that, we have to come back and ask the voters again for a part two, for Rocky part two right there, because otherwise um, that that would be to me a, a a political and moral crime. The idea that voters, that people voluntarily brought this upon themselves for another penny sales tax, and then we don't let it happen. People are saying, take my money and use it for transportation. And we're saying, no, thank you. We, yes. we can't have and, that. And basically because of one commissioner. Yeah, sure. Which is unbelievable yep it's very um you know it, it it makes you want to holler without a doubt but um but ultimately regardless of what happens in the court uh my position is that we need to come back and um and ask for another penny sales tax okay but getting back to affordable housing what are some of the projects we can look forward to sure without a doubt i know recently we did the uh what is it the mary mcleod um, uh, housing uh, uh, plans that we recently unveiled with the city of Tampa. I know that. Um, Where's that going to be? Um, that right now is near the. Gosh, what was the place? I was there at the opening. It was there near where Carter City used to be, um, off the near the Riverwalk or, or, or near the end of the Riverwalk. Okay, near so that's it's about downtown. Five minutes. Yep. So how near many there. units would you say are going to be? Uh, maybe you about two hundred. I don't remember okay. the exact number of that. Is there some affordable housing going up in Temple Terrace on Fifty Six and Bush? There's a big housing development there. You know, I don't know. I know on Temple Terrace and Bush right now you've had. Oh, are we on Temple Terrace and Bush? You, um, a lot of my constituents have complained about the Kmart that left there and was replaced by a flea market. You oh, know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, but I'm not sure if there's anything new going there in Temple Terrace. I'm not sure. Okay, there's some new units going mm -hmm. up. Um, it's it's um, 56th Street mm -hmm. and Bush, um, near the Winn Dixie, I believe, over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know where that's at. Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. I live like I used to live like five minutes from okay. there. Okay, so. there's some, there's a lot of units going up there, and yeah. I wasn't sure if any of them were affordable. Oh, I'm you're, just okay. So you're talking about where um, they tried to have the main street of Temple Terrace out there. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the details of that, but I do know where that's at, where the Burger King used to be. Yes. my brother used to work there, so yeah, I know yes. that area well. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do see, and you know, I saw some some um, projects going up in Seminole Heights. Don't think they're affordable. Yeah. Midtown going yep. up, not affordable. And that's the big thing, which is we got to make sure we got to fight that idea, which is why we're having a lot of things go, you know, near the downtown areas that that downtown is relegated to wealthy people. I know. We got to fight that 110%. It's kind of like when I talk about my apprenticeship ordinance, which is 
We have to stop this idea that the best and the brightest in Tampa are people with a master's from Emory, yes. right? The best and the brightest include our teachers. They include our nurses. They include our LPNs. They include our, our construction workers, our pipe fitters, our, ele- our electrical workers, our welders, et cetera, et cetera. All of our essential workers. Amen. We need them. Those are also our best and the brightest, and we got to make sure that they have a place at the table when it comes to training, when it comes to affordable housing, when it comes on how to get from point A to point B. And that's certainly something that I fight against, which is the idea that Tampa, you know, we have to attract the best and the brightest, right? Well, the best and the brightest includes a lot of people, and it includes working people, people that live paycheck to paycheck who are providing for their families. All right. Guess what? Break time again already. Yep. (laughs) You know, tell people again how they can contact you. Sure. Um, uh, L-U-I-S dot V-I-E-R-A at TampaGov.net is always the best way to contact me via email. And, you know, if anybody ever wants like a community meeting in the district or heck near the district, whatever, I'm always glad to do it. You know, I'm always glad to do it. I had one over at Forest Hills um, on Monday. And I think next week I have one near Bogan Villa that I'm also doing. And in January, I have another one set in Tampa Palms um, over at some apartments there. And I'm I'm Mr. Community Meeting. I say, if you're going to be in elected office, you got to take the heat. You got to take the heat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. People need to talk to you. Amen. Sometimes <laughs> yell at you. <laughs> now we're all aware of the dangers of COVID-19. Like others with existing health issues, cancer patients are at a high risk due to their compromised condition. If you are newly diagnosed with cancer, your care likely can't wait. Moffitt Cancer Center is the best place for your cancer concerns and to provide guidance to help you plan your next steps. We're here for you. Call 1-888-456-2839 or go to moffitt.org slash here for you. The sole purpose. I know you're going to dig this. With Keith Harris and attorney Monica Harris is every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. What's your purpose? In Touch Radio. You're playing your favorite old school. of jazz you're listening to in touch radio okay we're back i believe this is our final break already is it the final count i'm talking to my uh lady producer anna Yay, in the house. We like it when ladies are in charge. <laughs> okay, I am back with City Councilman Louis Vieira. He's sitting on our city council, and we're so happy that he came to visit. Now, you know what? We do have a global pandemic going on, so we would, you know, we need to talk about the things that the city is doing. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I believe you're giving out masks. Are you giving out masks? Oh, yeah, we can, you know, the city of Tampa continue to give out masks. I, I always salute the the leadership of members of council, all of us, of Mayor Jane Castor, of people on county commission. I think that, you know, there have been uh, many people who have 
taken very difficult stands during this time. Mm-hmm. The basic idea is that government should really do two things, which is number one, government should lead by example Absolutely. whenever it comes to wearing masks. Government should lead by example whenever it comes to making sure that people do the things that they ought to do so that we can get this pandemic under control. Absolutely. That, that's so doggone important. And government ought to, ought to also provide for people uh, in a time when we have a crisis. And thanks to bipartisan leadership in Washington with the CARES Act, you know, the city of Tampa has been able to get some real relief out to people through One Tampa uh, to give people assistance, to give people assistance with utilities. What does One Tampa assist you with? Sure. Well, it, it assisted with things like utilities, rent payments, commercial rent payments, et cetera. The very, and the big purpose, by the way, behind municipal programs, whether in Tampa or in other cities, is that we're here to cover those cracks. Because okay. sometimes the federal government's late. The state of Florida, we know about them and unemployment compensation. Yes. Don't get me started there. That, I mean, that's, unfortunately, that's, that's been a national crime. I mean, we're on the news for that. It's awful. I mean, it's, it's, it is people have gone through hell yes. because of malfeasance. And, yes. and, it, and it, should, it should disturb us all. So with the city of Tampa's initiatives, you know, we're not there to provide people with, you know, uh, we don't have the monetary means to provide people with the kind of help that the state can or the federal government can. But we can do is bridge that gap. Okay. And I think that we've done a very, very good job in that regard in many ways. We can always do better. We're studying how to do better, et cetera. But a lot of communities are hurting. I tell people that before the pandemic, when we had what appeared to be a, a pretty darn good economy, um, we had people who were hurting. We had communities that were undergoing a Category 1 or 2 hurricane. COVID makes them undergo a Category 4 hurricane. You know what I'm saying? Right. Go talk to people in Sulphur Springs. Go talk to people at USF area. Go talk to people in East Tampa. Go talk to people in you know parts of West Tampa who are who are really, really struggling in the city of Tampa. They were struggling before COVID. I know. And now, are, I mean, they're, they're just showing they're us what, what, I mean, just... It's just making what was bad worse. Amen. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's awful. So, you know, um, I, I think we've done a good thing there. And also, I think with the city of Tampa, one of the things that's very important is that we provide for people economically. One of the things that I'm working on, which I'm very proud of, and we may get ourselves preempted on it by Tallahassee, is an oh apprenticeship gosh. ordinance, is seeing to it that larger contracts in the city of Tampa for construction that are over a million dollars – and Gwen Myers and Pat Kemp are working on this as well. In the, These in the are county. our uh, county commissioners. Yep, county commissioners, and I'm and I'm doing this for the city. That twelve percent of those contracts are through state certified apprenticeships, and um and that's a whole long story. But the reason I'm working on this issue is because you take that young man or young woman graduating from Middleton, or Jefferson or King or wherever, and you got to give them hope. You got to make sure that they know Everybody's that Everybody's not college material. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Yep, amen. And and that and that there is a pathway to the middle class for them through welding, through electrical work, through through, you know, some sort of a skilled trade, pipe fitting whatever it may be. And again, it goes back to that issue of the best and the brightest, which is when a lot of people talk about the best and the brightest, they're talking about the well-off. They're talking about people who, who you know, go to colleges and come back and, you know, start off earning 100000 And God bless them. I'm not putting that down. I'm a lawyer, right? right. But we need to make sure that, that everybody, we, everybody has a chance. And this also fights something that is so real and so critical and so pressing on our populations, 
which is the school to prison pipeline. Yes. The idea that, you know, many families feel that when they're in school, they're on a pathway right to hell. Yes. And we got to stop that. And this is one of the ways that we can do that. Absolutely. You know, um, there's a guy named Mike Reeves who has Reeves mm-hmm. Plumbing. Sure. And he actually learned his trade in high school. Yep. There you go. We got to get back to that, which is making sure that people have skills for life. That you can't get them like the old song goes, That's you can't right. take that away from me. You know, they can't take that away from you. When you become a welder, when you become a pipe fitter, when you become an electrical worker, that is a skill for life. That's right. I remember talking to a mom at Timber Falls off 113th Street, and I was talking to her about some of the things that the city was doing. And I talked about our apprenticeship program, and I'll never forget her telling me that she would give her right arm. Right? If her son could become something like a plumber yes. or an electrician. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. People like that for whom economic dignity is a lost dream because they don't feel respected and they don't feel the people like me listen to them. And that's why we have people in the streets. Amen. Yeah, because they don't people don't feel like they're being listened to. So my view is And they don't find they don't have a way out yep. or a way up. Yep, exactly. Upward mobility. I mean, throughout the last forty years in our country. We have waged a war on upward mobility, on the idea that we're going to help you acquire the skills and the tools that you need so that you can improve your lot in life. Everything that helps people, they go after it. Pell, grants, you name it. They they, they want to cut it out. It's been a war on the middle class and a war on people struggling to get into the middle class. And, And for all of us, whether we're Republican or Democrat... That ought to enrage us. That ought that, that that ought to trouble us at the very least, because we know how the middle class was made. We know how to provide for dignity, and this isn't at the expense of anybody else. People are successful. People are well off. God bless them, right? But let's have upward mobility so that we have that rising tide that's going to lift all boats. Let's make free enterprise continue to work for everybody. I'm a capitalist. I support free markets, et cetera, but I also support free markets with a heart. Now, before you go, uh, how does someone get in touch with the city if they need help right now? Sure. Yeah, without a doubt. You can um, always contact my office. You know, what I would say is to contact my office and we can always direct you. Um, Let me, because I have it here on my phone. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is... This is embarrassing that I don't know my office line by heart. Give me just. One I don't know my fax line by heart. I know, right? Which is which is because I worked for funny. Bankers Life in Colonial Penn during the day, and I tell you, I don't know how to tell you the fax. Seventy seventy three two seven four seventy seventy three. That's my. Say it office. again. Eight one three two seven four seventy seventy three. That's how you yep. get home. I have it saved on my phone, but I don't have it saved on my memory. Now, what if is someone funny. is about to be evicted? Can you help them out? Yeah, of course. We I, we we deal with that stuff all the time. Where we that that's what we did over at Crossover Church, where we had people from Bay Area Legal Services there. We had Catholic Charities. We had Kimberly Overman come with the county and come and bring county services. Okay, we had that's a one big, of our county commissioners. Yep, and so we had a lot of different entities there from the county, from the city. We had law enforcement there and a lot of different groups uh, uh, that, from the schools as well. Hillsborough Can county you help schools. people uh, expunge their criminal record? If it, there's, That's a long process to do that, but of course, yeah, you know. I don't think Bay Area Legal Services works on that, but there are many different organizations that help people with that. I know a young man that I was trying to assist on that, and it can be a very difficult task. Can you help someone find affordable housing now? Is of that course, even- yeah. I mean, yeah, without a doubt. We have a, a city of Tampa housing area, et cetera. There's, so, in other words, if you call that number, 274-7073, we can certainly always connect you to the right person. Good, good. Is that someone calling in? Is it going to be know? for us? Who's calling? Uh, Walter Smith. Walter, 
know you. Hey, I didn't even know I was on the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Good. Hey, Walter, what's up, buddy? Listen, I, listen. I, I want to thank you for what you're doing. First of all, what you're doing is very critical. Um, you know, uh, as many people out there know, I, I am a big proponent for this uh, apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that one of the things that is missing from the discussion is what I call certification for qualification. Mm -hmm. Certification for qualification. Listen, there are there are certain types of training that people get that's fine, but there are certifications that people can get right off the bat that can help them to get a job um, right off the bat, and, and it's and it's very critical. Yeah. Um, that, that we. So we you're saying that, that we should have a school set up? There should be schooling set up for that. Um. um go, ahead. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kelly. No, no. Go ahead, Walter. Go ahead, buddy. I, I was okay. letting you no, go, I, ahead, buddy. I was saying. It's all right. There are individuals like myself, for instance. I teach courses like that. Um, you know, OSHA has Whopper and Hazmat courses that actually span across general industry. Um, you know, uh, then there are different topics, specific topics that are that are critical to um, people being able to go into confined spaces. Uh, you know, uh, things like uh, forklift training. Uh, that that prepare people with their own forklift licenses because you'd be amazed at what happens on the job on the job mm -hmm. sites where uh, you have these these um, managers and owners that that uh, I call it shiesty, but what they do is they they train them and they tell people, hey, listen, you can't take this with you if you try to get a job somewhere else where you get more money. Mm -hmm. You know, so get your own your own forklift license or, or certification. How would they yet. contact you? Uh, I can be contacted at 813-531-1845. Do you work at a school? No, I have my own business doing oh, it. Okay, okay. Yes, and I've gone around and actually helped uh, develop different programs. Um, Ernest Coney and I uh, got together along with uh, Freddie Barton and uh, David Jones. And That's we, the CDC we the of Tampa. We created the TBI. Yes, we're the ones who actually put the TBI together. Are they having classes over at the CDC of Tampa on Hillsboro? Yes, they do have classes. Yes, they do have classes over there. Yeah, because they teach some kind of construction training yep. there. We're we're meeting there yeah. in January, right, Walter, at the CDC. That is correct. Yep, that is correct. I was, was going to go there with, with my good friend Walter. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Walter is a former candidate, too. Yep, and a good guy and a, <laughs> and a real fighter for justice and equity. And, you know, what Walter is one of those folks that – Always does the right thing and and uh, and and fights passionately. That's and that's one of the things we I, I always love to see is people that are out there not promoting themselves, but like Walter promoting issues because they care about people. And well, Walter's Walter, got a hug know what? for everybody. You just got in under the wire because we're about Boom. to sign off. <laughs> yeah, listen. Thank you for that for that moment. I, listen, keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting a good fight. I'm there to help back up, uh, to back this whole concept up. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank buddy. You Merry Christmas. Thank you for being there. All right. Holidays. All right. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So this, oh, stay tuned because the next show coming up is called Let's Talk Business with our friend, Ms. Cheryl Crusoe. And, you know, we got a lot of voices on In Touch News now. So follow us on Facebook and YouTube. That's N-Touch News. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in thank to you. In Touch Radio, where everybody me. is a star. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anna told me this.